Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. January 6th anniversary. Are we terrorists or patriots? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're terrorist therapist. Well, you're going to be hearing a lot of news this next week, probably for the next two weeks at least, um, about the upcoming anniversary of January 6th which some like to call uh, the insurrection or the uh, the riots. And we're going to talk, there are a lot of different ways of looking at this. And to be fair to everybody, we really have to uh, look at it, you know, not the usual just sound bites um, where, you know, all the people who did that um, are just considered, well, terrorists, domestic terrorists, regular kind of terrorists, terrorists. I mean, they, that's the shorthand they, that they are being called terrorists. And um, obviously, I do not agree with that. And I will be telling you why. I'll be telling you also about um, why they haven't been and can't be charged with being domestic terrorists. Um, what this house, how one has to look at the American Revolution when considering what all this is and how justified it is and so on. Um, what, how people are feeling now, which is, uh, I think you will agree that uh, our hearts are beating many people. Many people's hearts are beating just a little bit faster as we are approaching January 6th. Now, in part, um, this is because there have been announcements made of different events that are going to be happening in D.C. on January 6th, which really is asking for trouble. Uh, you know, and it's so talk about political. I'm trying to make today's <laughs> trying to make today's show, as I always do, you know, not not politically slanted. But, um, of course, it's hard to I'm trying to give both sides today. But needless to say, um it is Biden and Pelosi and friends who are making a big deal of the anniversary in order to try to get political clout from it, to make it count, because they're getting more and more concerned with all of the outrageous things that Biden has been doing and with his poll numbers uh, getting lower and lower. They are concerned, understandably, about the um, 2022 elections. So here is a way, they think to get more political clout, to get people to remember how awful this was and how wrong it was and how Trump is behind all of it and all of these kinds of things in order to think Democrat, to think, yes, it's the Democrats who are the good people. They wouldn't ever storm the Capitol. Well, um, so I'm going to be looking at this, this whole question of domestic terrorism and the American Revolution and who some of the stars were of the, um, uh, of this, uh, I'll, I'll call it storming of the Capitol. Um, and what, uh, what some of the charges are that they have gotten. And then I'm going to, um, give you a little surprise at the end. Uh, another way of thinking about this 
in terms of um, who's really the terrorist. Okay. All right. So, um, first of all, I, I'll remind you that in January, on January 11th, 2021, you know, right after the riots, or uh, we'll call them riots, <laughs> um, I did a, a podcast on this, and I called it Who Stormed the Capitol, Terrorists or Patriots? Okay, so you might want to go back and look at that. I'm going to be talking about di completely different things today. It's from a, a year's perspective. First, I want to um, read to you a definition of or a description of the American Revolution. Um, the American Revolution was principally caused by colonial opposition to British attempts to impose greater control over the colonies and to make them repay the crown for its defense of them during the French and Indian War. And there, remember, we had, you know, connected to this was the Boston Tea Party, um, which was the colonists response to attacks on tea, and so on and so forth. I, you know, obviously, there's not enough time to get into the whole story of the American Revolution. But I say that as a backdrop uh, in the sense that there are reasons, there are good reasons for, um, for uh, revolting against the uh, government if we think that the government has not been um, protecting the freedoms of Americans. Now, um, the the Capitol rioters can't be charged with domestic terrorism for this January 6th storming because um, now there there was a a you know there's a committee of course as you know uh, the committee investigating the January 6th attack in Congress and that's. That's a whole other story. Lots of, um, you know, it's so totally political in terms of their their opinions and conclusions. But four police officers gave testimony about their experience of the storming of the Capitol. And um, on more than one occasion, they referred to these people as terrorists. So I'm telling you this because to sort of um, get ahead of what you're going to be hearing and to get you to think twice about like were the American uh, revolutionaries, you know, uh, terrorists, or were they um, were they right in um, in in fighting the revolution for our freedoms? Um, now the reason why they can't be these rioters can't be called domestic terrorists is because domestic terrorism is defined under the USA Patriot Act. Um, and there's no specific federal crime covering acts of domestic terrorism. A person can only be charged with uh, domestic terrorism if they are connected to a foreign designated terror group. Okay, And the U.S. has a list of foreign terrorist organizations uh, that are designated as terrorist organizations. And, um, you know, there is no specifically talking about January 6th. Um, there was no specific terrorist, foreign terrorist organization that these people were connected to. And um, the uh, congressional, the U.S. Department of State uh, has declined to designate domestic groups as terrorists because this could infringe upon free speech rights. In other words, you can't tell people in America 
that they can't belong to certain organizations. So um, now, of course, be that as it may, uh, well, in in uh, July of um, of 2019, in congressional testimony, the director of the FBI said that the FBI doesn't investigate ideology; it investigates violence. So, um, so some people who attacked the, the Capitol on January 6th may belong to extremist groups uh, or believe in their ideology, but they have not been designated as domestic terrorist groups, and um, and it's instead focusing on violent criminal acts. And I'm going to tell you, uh, give you some examples of the stars, so to speak, the people you will recognize most who were involved in the January 6th attack and tell you what has what they have been charged with. Now, in the meantime, however, Joe Biden, who, you know, does his own, makes his own rules, um, he launched a national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. And um, and he he defines it as um, in this according to this strategy, this group, which is under because of Biden, he defines it as domestic terrorism is defined as activities that involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce the civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion or to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination or kidnapping and occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the United States. So that's Biden's rule. Okay. Now, um, if we are going to call the um, the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th uh, domestic terrorists, and I already read why you know they can't t- technically be called that. But if we were to call them that, then we could equally call. Um, the rioters of the past two years, they could be called domestic. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. I think if, if had there not been these riots and had these people not um, fallen under that definition, are they being charged as the, the, the riots that we have seen over the last couple of years? You know, where people are beaten, killed, where there's arson, where there's looting, where statues are being torn down. Now, why aren't these people being called domestic terrorists and charged and put in jail? Good question. Well, when we come back, um, I will move on to the next part of this. There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to tell you about some a poll that was just done that shows some interesting results in terms of what Americans are thinking now about the January 6th uh, storming of the Capitol one year later. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about the January 6th anniversary. Are we terrorists or patriots? Now, um, one of the things that the January 6th event has done is um, impact our nation's psyche. And a lot of people are worried that um, this kind of thing is going to happen again. And um, 
there are also a lot of Americans who believe that uh, force or political violence undertaken can be justified in certain conditions. Um, and again, I would refer you back to the American Revolution. Do you ever hear anybody talking about the American Revolution and how that was a political storming of various things when they talk about January 6th? Well, I haven't. So next time you hear someone talking about that, bring it up. It would, it'll bring an interesting debate. All right. So um, CBS did, CBS News did a poll um, a year after January 6th. They found that Americans um, are still thinking that uh, violence can, they, they still see violence as threatening the U.S. democracy, and some say this force can be justified. So I'll tell you some of these, um, some, of, some of the statistics. Um, Two-thirds of people see the January 6th event as a sign of increasing political violence, 68% to be exact, and 32% of people thought that the January 6th event was an isolated incident. Now, I do have to mention, and I probably will be talking about this uh, in my next podcast, if it, it does indeed happen, you know, there are a lot of um, events that are being planned, as I was saying before, um, by Pelosi and Biden and friends for for this to commemorate this January 6th. In fact, one of the things that really bothers me the most uh, is that they are doing more, planning more, we'll see what happens, but planning more for the anniversary of January 6th than they typically plan this past year, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was different, but even then, um, they are planning more, making a bigger deal out of this than the anniversaries, the 20 anniversaries since 9-11. And that, I find that an outrage. Those are the real terrorists. But this is all to distract you and focus your attention not on real radical Islamists who are still planning to attack us, but on the people who um, stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Now, you know, if you know the story of um, Briar Rabbit, uh, don't throw me in the briar patch. Um, please don't throw me in the briar patch, which is exactly what he wanted them to do. I'll, maybe I'll, when there's more time, I'll perhaps tell, tell the whole story at a later podcast. But, but the point is, you know, they're saying, oh, we're so worried about a repeat of this, a repeat of last year's January 6th attack. We're so worried. We're so worried. And yet, they are making such a big deal out of it, inviting people, really, daring people to come and storm the Capitol or storm Washington, D.C. Um, in some place. So, um, getting back to the statistics, um, in terms of the actions of those who forced their way into the Capitol, in January 2021, 13% approved. Now, this is of all Americans, not um, not by party. 13% approved in January 2021, and now 17% approved. And similarly, of course, the 87% um, disapproved when it happened, and 83% disapproved in 
disapproved now. It's going down. And in fact, and of course, the um, the numbers are even more um, drastic or specific or, uh, you know, of course, more Republicans. Um, here, I, I, I can tell you the um, when you divide it into Democrats and Republicans, uh, in terms of the actions of those who forced their way into the Capitol, um, 12 percent of Democrats either strongly approve or somewhat approve, whereas 24 percent of Republicans either strongly approve or somewhat approve. And, of course, the rest, um, you know, somewhat disapprove and strongly disapprove. 88% of Democrats somewhat disapprove or strongly disapprove, and 76% of Republicans uh, somewhat disapprove or strongly disapprove. That, those numbers, though, are actually different than other. Um, there are some other polls that um, that have even stronger ideas, more approval, in other words. Um, now, <laughs> this is interesting. When people were asked what happened at the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, 85% uh, of Democrats said it was an insurrection. 21% of Republicans said it was an insurrection. Uh, as for trying to overthrow the government, 85% of Democrats said that that's what it was, and 18% of Republicans said that that's what it was. Now, patriotism, 12% of Democrats said it was patriotism, 47% of uh, Republicans said it was patriotism. Defending freedom, 11% of Democrats said it was defending freedom, and 56% of Republicans said it was defending freedom. Now, then they were asked, if you think January 6th was patriotism, why was it? And so um, this was for this was just among those who said it was patriotism or defending freedom. So both parties, but just those who said that it was that. So 82% said it was exercising the right to protest. 79% said it was drawing attention to fraud in the 2020 elections. 64% said they were standing up for Trump. And 35% um, said they were trying to stop the vote count. So uh, that's enough statistics. There are more you can. There are more, but I'm not going to do a whole show on statistics. Okay, and I have more more important things to say. Like um, points that I definitely want to get across are, of course, it is scary. You know, of course, it was scary then, um, but. Uh, you know, I mean, because nothing like that has ever happened before in, in recent times, um, and, you know, and the idea of breaking through to uh, breaking through the Capitol and, and walking a sitting in various people's chairs and and so on. You know, it was chaos and people are afraid of chaos. So that is understandable. However, uh, more than 700 people have been arrested, people who were there. You know, clearly there was lots of video and so on, and um, they arrested over 700 people, um, not not in regard to domestic terrorism, of course. Um, and I'll, as I said, I'll tell you about the best known ones. Um, 
Now, I, I want to say that uh, I watched Trump's speech in the morning of January 6th. I watched the whole thing. Yes, he did include um, evidence that the uh, election was stolen. Uh, and he did say to go to the to march to the Capitol, but he never said to be violent. He never said to destroy property. He never said to do what they what the people there did. Um, and in fact, later on in the day, he said, "quote I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace." Now, the real one of the sad things about this fiasco, I mean, the whole thing, uh, Pence, Pence has to take some responsibility for this. He probably would proudly, you know, but he had so selfish motives. Do you think Pence was um, not asking for, Pence had the, had the power, although he said he didn't, but, um, and, you know, and there are specifics about that and I'm, I'm not going to get into, but he said that, you know, he, he, it wasn't up to him or he didn't have the power to um, not accept the results of the states or to ask for a recount of the states, um, at least the ones where there was a question or the ones where the, where the voting was close, um, and he didn't ask for that. Now, why not? Do you think it was because uh, he, had, <laughs> he had American democracy in mind? Or do you think it was because he had in mind that in 2024, he's going to run for president and he's going to win? Well, he was delusional if he thought that he could win. There is no chance. There was no chance then. And there certainly is no chance now that he could win the presidency in 2024. Um, and so it's what's really sad is that all he had to do was ask. It was to not accept the results and to ask for recounts in a in a peaceful way, and um, and the storming of the Capitol wouldn't have happened. Again, I mean, you know, there are various reasons why people did that, but I mean, the you know, did Trump did did give his reasons in his speech for why he thought the election was stolen? No. The thing is, this is not just a past thing. Whether you think the election was stolen then or not, um, this is something that is affecting us, will affect America forever, um, unless unless it can be elections elections can be brought brought back under control. For example, in California, where I live, I just read that um, our great Governor Newsom. Uh, yes, I'm being sarcastic. Um, has has made a law. He's made all these kinds of laws. He's following Biden. He's just making laws on his own. And he made a law saying that um, for the next election, everybody's going to be getting mail-in ballots. Now, of course, they are using COVID as the excuse for mail-in ballots. You know, forever, it used to be that you go to a polling place and 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 vote. And now, you know, mail-in ballots is how there gets to be fraud in elections. Um, so, so it's, it isn't a matter of, you know, just this past election. It's what is going to be happening in the future. Our elections are really, this is a very um, critical point in terms of our elections. Are we going to have honest elections in the future or not? 
Well, I'll stop here and we'll talk more in the next uh, segment about um, what some of the the rioters have been charged with and um, my surprise in terms of who is the real terrorist. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about January 6th anniversary. Are we terrorists or patriots? Now, um, as I was saying, there are going to be a lot of events in Washington, D.C., and uh, Donald Trump is going to give remarks at Mar-a-Lago, his own remarks while that's happening. It is being um, anticipated that some news shows are going to have a split screen with the events in Washington, D.C. on one side (laughs) saying one story and Trump on the other side uh, telling his view of the story. Um, Now, I I said that there were other statistics that were more, uh, that were stronger So, for example, let's see, Um, one year after the riot at the Capitol, nearly three quarters of Republicans still believe Trump's claim that Joe Biden won the presidency due to voter fraud. And quite frankly, I am uh, amongst them. I do believe that there was funny business, (laughs) funny business that isn't very funny uh, going on during that election. Um, Let's see. In, uh, let's see, well, let me just go to, let's see, let's see. Um, oh, here, uh, two-thirds of Republicans said they don't view the riot at the Capitol as an attack on government, and 77% of Republicans say Trump bears no responsibility or not much. Uh, more Republicans said congressional Democrats were responsible for the events of January 6th than said Trump was responsible. And again, you know, I would, if, if, if you, I can understand how people question this because first of all, most of the mainstream media is telling this other story. It's all Trump's fault. He told everybody to go in and do all these things. But, um, but uh, if I, and if I hadn't heard his whole speech the morning of January 6th, I would have been easily, um, well, I don't know how easily, but I could have been uh, persuaded as well that he did. It was all his fault, and, and he told people to do what they did. But since I did listen to the whole speech, I know that he didn't tell anyone to be violent or anyone to, um, uh, you know, destroy property or kill anybody, or which didn't happen actually, and and um, directly, and um, or any of the things that happened. He said that they should march to the Capitol, and it was supposed to be a protest. I mean, at that point, I think part of the problem was he was still hoping that Pence would do the right thing uh, in terms of saying that there needs to be more of a recount. There needs to be a question. We can't just accept the results of the election. And then that didn't happen. Um, now, now Trump, uh, in announcing that he's going to be doing a conference, a news conference, Um, He wrote, remember, the insurrection took place on November 3rd, the day of the election. It was the completely unarmed protest of the rigged election that took place on January 6th. Um, What else? Of course, all right, let me go now to 
some of the um, more colorful people who you will remember uh, who did, who were amongst the rioters. And again, if you're going to call them rioters, remember the rioters that we've been uh, dealing with for the past almost two years. So federal prosecutors have charged more than 700 people in more than 45 states with participating in the January 6th riot. Um, and the most colorful one, as you will recall, <coughs> um, more well, first so far, uh, more than 120 people have pleaded guilty to a variety of federal charges, from misdemeanors to felony obstruction. And um, and so I'm going to start with who's the one that you think was the most recognizable. I'm sure you're going to say the one that uh, I think and I think most people think as well, the QAnon shaman. Remember him? Um, his name is Jacob Anthony Chansley a.k.a. Jake Angeli, and he is better known as the QAnon shaman. Um, he's the one who was wearing a horned Viking hat with a fur headdress over it. It looked like, um, I don't know what kind of fur that is, <laughs> raccoon. Yeah, it looks like raccoon, actually. Two tails of raccoons. Uh, I'm not sure what fur it is. I'm not an expert on fur. But you'll remember that, that that was over his hat and hanging over him. And, you know, when he moved, of course, these tails of fur um, were swinging and he was holding the American flag and he was screaming free freedom inside the Senate chamber. And uh, he was also carrying a spear. He had uh, face paint on his face. And he was the most, literally, the most colorful. Um, now, he, I, I actually didn't know this, but he left a note. He, so he was prepared. <laughs> well, obviously, he was prepared with his, with his very intricate costume. But um, he left a note on the Senate chamber dais for Mike Pence, um, where Pence had been sitting while certifying the 2020 Electoral College results. And the note that he left um, said, quote, it's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. Now, he didn't kill Pence. He hasn't yet killed Pence. He didn't injure Pence, attack Pence. But he left that note. Um, now, he was given a 41-month jail term after pleading guilty to obstruction of an official proceeding. So that's three years, five months. He denied that he was violent or intended to stop the certification of the 2020 results. Well, that is a little hard to believe, but um, I mean, if he left the note for Mike Pence, obviously he was angry that Pence didn't stop the certification, whatever. He said, quote, I may be guilty of this crime, but I am in no way, shape or form a dangerous criminal. I am not a violent man. I am not an insurrectionist. I am certainly not a domestic terrorist. I am a good man who broke the law. So he is taking responsibility for what he did. He's also having to pay $2,000 in restitution, and he has to serve three years of supervised release after he is let out of jail, um, which I think was probably smart on the part of the prosecutors because somebody who does that is not going to just uh, 
crawl quietly into a hole, although maybe after his three years, five months, he might be, uh, he might not quite have as much, either he might not have as much energy uh, to to do something like that again, or it might make him more angry. Okay, then we have Lectern Guy. Um, Lectern Guy is Adam Johnson. And um, he was shown uh, waving, um, let's see. Oh, he was the one, yes. He was the one waving while he was carrying off House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's lectern. You remember him. He has a ski hat and uh, like he's, you know, waving like he's happy, like, ha ha, look at me carrying her lectern. Quite frankly, <laughs> I think, I wish he would have, oh, I don't want to. Nancy Pelosi, she her, she is what do you um, her her expiration date, and I don't mean I'm not saying death, although, but her expiration in terms of being um, the uh, House Speaker is way past due. Uh, he Adam Johnson, he pleaded guilty to one count of entering or remaining in a restricted building in connection to the Capitol riot. Um. And it, it, although he, you know, there were lots of pictures of him carrying this lectern, the lectern was later found undamaged in a hallway in the, on the Senate side of the Capitol. So he didn't steal it. He's 36 years old. Um, his lawyer said, quote, he wasn't involved in any coup. He wasn't involved in any planning of any entering of the Capitol. Things got out of hand. You saw the pictures. He was not there for any destruction any treason. He was just there to witness history. <laughs> I'd kind of add that he was trying to make history too, but you know. Um, and he's going to be sentenced and he um, is expected to pay $500 restitution. Uh, they probably had to polish the lectern. <laughs> $500 worth. Anyhow, then we have a man named Kevin uh, Seafried. Uh, and he was there with his son, Hunter Seafried. He was the man uh, shown carrying a Confederate flag in the Capitol. He was arrested along with his son. He brought the Confederate flag uh, to the Capitol from his home in Delaware, where it was usually displayed outside. So it was his flag, and he usually displays it, and he can do that on his home, private property. Um, so he was charged with knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority, violent entry, and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. And he's going to be, or he may have, it's not clear whether he already did stand trial, but he pleaded not guilty. Then we have Zip Tie Guy. Do you remember that? He was kind of scary. He was dressed in, uh, yeah, he was maybe maybe one of the scariest, really, because he was dressed in an outfit with uh, like a military kind of outfit and his, um, that, a hat that had only showed his eyes and um, like, like um, and he had these big zip ties coming out of one of the sleeves of his arm. Um, he is facing more serious charges and he is from Tennessee, Eric Gavilik Munchell, and he's charged along with his mother. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, he was seen, you know, 
not far from the tree. He was seen carrying plastic hand restraints while dressed head-to-toe in military-style attire, camouflage attire. He was charged with his mother, Lisa Eisenhart, with a number of offenses, including obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to commit obstruction, and violent entry or disorderly conduct. Um, He was released from custody after he pled not guilty, and then he violated his his bail conditions by drinking alcohol excessively. Then we have Balcony Guy. Um, he was he was a man from Idaho. He was the one sing, seen dangling from the balcony of the Senate floor and sitting in Pence's chair. And he pleaded guilty to one charge. His name is Josh Josea Colt, 34. Um, And he was originally charged with obstruction, aiding and abetting, entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, violent entry and disorderly conduct in a Capitol building in connection to Capitol attack. He pleaded guilty to one count of obstruction of an official proceeding and he agreed to cooperate with prosecutors. Now, he also admitted that he joined up, so he probably ratted on his fellow suspects. He joined up with uh, Ronald to get a a better deal. He also admitted to joining up with fellow suspects, Ronald Sandlin and um, Nathan DeGrave, who... um, who arrived for these protests, Nathan DeGrave, or the two of them really, um, with weapons and ammunition, although none were charged with weapon offenses. Um, Colt, the um, the the balcony guy. Um, uh, yes, he was a balcony guy, and he, um, you know, the, see this. He posted on social media that he was the first person to sit in uh, Nancy Pelosi's chair, and he called her a traitor. However, it turned out that the chair he was actually photographed sitting in a chair in the one the chair that was used by Pence. I mean, this is part of the problem that people, the people who went, I mean, when you think about that, they arrested over 700 people. That's pretty amazing. That's a lot of people that they tracked down. You know, you would think, wouldn't it be better if if, um, our taxes were spent, uh, you know, fighting real terrorism uh, rather than tracking down these people? Um, But anyhow, um, he faces between 51 months to 63 months in jail and a fine between 20000 to 200000 And I guess that's because he was hanging out with these two guys who brought weapons. Um, these two guys, <laughs> DeGrave and Sandlin, pleaded not guilty to all charges. Um, so we'll see how far that gets them. But, you know, um, part of why all these people were able to be caught is because, um, well, first of all, there was tons of video and then media, and then people were posting video bragging about being there and so on. Um, you know, which is they have a right to do that. Uh, they probably didn't expect to be tracked down and um, 
and um, charged with all of these things. But um, here's my surprise. My surprise is when you compare what happened on um, January 6th with what has happened since in, in regard to terrorism, you know, going back to what I said at the very beginning, some people want to call these rioters or some of they want to call them rioters, insurrectionists, uh, terrorists or domestic terrorists. When you look at who really is bringing the specter of terrorism, radical Islamist terrorism to America, it is not these January 6th people. It is Biden. Because one, he surrendered, surrendered to the Taliban in Afghanistan, got 13 American troops killed from that, left countless Americans, we will never know how many are still in Afghanistan, or how many were killed in Afghanistan because they weren't taken out soon enough. And even more, well, not necessarily more shocking or more, uh, but more dangerous in terms of what's going to happen in the future, he brought over to America over 50,000 Afghans. And although he has tried to say that they have been vetted, it is clear, it has certainly been investigated and shown that, in fact, they weren't all vetted. And in this um, way over 50,000, I've heard even um, 72,000, there are numbers like that. You know, they hide the numbers. So, um, but let's just say 50 to 70,000. Let's say 50,000 are here already, at least. Um, anyhow, these in, in amongst these Afghans, yes, some of them helped Americans, helped the troops and so on. And so, yes, we had to be loyal to them to take them out. I'm not questioning that. But there are certainly jihadists amongst them, terrorists. People who, um, now that they're here, they are in the perfect, perfect position to wage jihad and to, to commit terrorist attacks. So you tell me which is worse, sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair or Pence's chair or laying the groundwork for future real terror attacks all over America. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.